Hello, sisters in Zion. This is Danielle, and I'm here with my best friend, Kirsten. Hi, it's Kirsten. <laughs> Good to be on with you guys this uh, this week, this Sunday for us as we record. Um, we really enjoy. Honestly, it's like a time that her and I get to process a lot of things with life together. And um, I know, gosh, there's just so much that I one of my strengths when we talk about strengths is learner and it's actually my top my second top two strengths and it's just i love to study and learn and analyze and learn from so many different things and i know on the last podcast we did we talked a little bit about um and i didn't mention it but we talked about victor frankel and i was going to talk about um from what he, what I, you know, some of the stuff that I, that I've shared with Kirsten on the other day on the phone call when she was processing some stuff. And one of the things that, you know, he talked about that I've really learned and just kind of was shocked by was, you know, in the concentration camps, he was a Jewish, um, uh, prisoner of the concentration camps during world war II and a psychoanalyst, um, psychiatrist, psychologist. So anyway, he, really analyzed how people survived in that situation. And he was looking at what, what, what is it? What is the anchor of survival? And there's really two anchors. One is, well, I guess it's all the same. It's really the one anchor. It's hope. Hope is the anchor, having hope. And the way you have hope is by attaching, finding some meaning to what you're going through and having. And so he would envision himself um, speaking in a comfortable hotel and these nice soft seats, you know, um, speaking to people about what he went through in the concentration camps and in being distinguished for it and, and dressed nicely instead of in his rags with his feet worn. They were given clothes from, you know, ragged clothes from, you know, people that would be um, who deceased and then those cl clothes would be passed on to them. So they had no warmth. They had nothing. And he would imagine just this warm room and this nice comfy seats. And um, he attached, he had a hope, right? It's all about hope. And he found meaning for his suffering. And he found those things were, well, really it's hope, but finding meaning and purpose in what you're going through, no matter what it is, even if it's, you're having a hard time with getting along with your husband, or maybe it's, with someone in your family and it's like, well, what's the meaning? What can you learn from it? Every single thing has something to teach us. And I find that so valuable and I'll share what happened um, the other night for me. So I, I live in a condo by the beach in San Diego and behind our condo complex is a house with four bedrooms and the house previously had a family in it and now it has a group of college boys. And they're not my most favorite, but they're actually, you know, okay, but they on weekends sometimes are a little loud and I am a light sleeper. It's not their fault that I'm a light sleeper, right? And, but on Friday night, they came back from probably a bar, I assume, because the bars close at one and it was now 1.45. They um, turn on their music really loud. They are talking with each other really loud. Um, there's a whole bunch of people in the house. Basically, it's like a small party is what it sounded like, but the music was thumping and thumping. It woke me up. And so I end up staying awake all night now. And I, I just until they, they, didn't, they didn't stop with that kind of you know, music and, and noise until about 3.30, 4 a.m. But by then, I, I mean, I just I couldn't even sleep. So I laid in bed. I was, I, it took everything in me to not be angry about it 
and I was, you know, I was angry a minute and I just said, okay, Heavenly Father, please, I don't want to like lay here in my bed in anger. So just let me just talk with you. So I just chatted with Heavenly Father and I just talked with him and I just kept laying there and I was like, um, you know, I, I don't know why I can't sleep. Let me just process other things with you. So I talked to him about other things in my life. And then I heard the guys about 3.30 in the morning getting in their cars to drive. And I just said a prayer and I just said, please bless them to be driving safely and not under the influence. I could hear them leaving because again, they slam the door <laughs> when they leave. And like, there's like 10 different times the door's shutting because they're all leaving at different times. And so I, I had to effortless, effortful, you know, work to not be angry every time a door would slam. And I'm like, and I'm hearing them get in a car and I just... I'm like, what would you do? You'd want to pray for those are your sons. And so help me to, you know, so I said a prayer and I said, please bless them to drive safe. Don't let them hurt themselves or anybody else on the road tonight. I know what they've been, you know, doing. They're obviously partying. And I just said that prayer. I probably got back to sleep around maybe 5.30, maybe 5 a.m. And then had, you know, got up at 6.30. So I had a Pilates class that I had, a you know, a, applied, not applied, but, uh, registered for to attend. And it was actually someone I really needed to see and wanted to make a connection with. It was really important for me to go. And I just decided, you know what? I'm not, I have to go. I not have to, I wanted to go. So I being tired, not sleeping much, I still went to my Pilates class because it was important for me to make it just a connection with this person. And when I, as I went, all of a sudden I realized the purpose in even just learning about myself, I, I was driving. So it was pouring rain Saturday morning. I hadn't slept and I knew it was super important for me to make this connection with this person. Could I have made it another time? Sure. But I knew that it was a good time for me to make that connection with this person. So I, I went anyway. And as I was driving in the rain and then there's no parking cause there's all, there's events going on around the library. So there's no, I, I circled like five times and I finally parked up a hill far away. So there's all these things that normally like you would, Oh, forget it, forget it, forget it. But I went and I parked and I started walking in the rain up to this thing. And it just dawned on me that he was, I don't even, John, I felt like he was so pleased. He said, see, I wanted you to see the strength that you have. I wanted you to see that even with these factors, I wanted you to believe in yourself. I wanted you to love yourself. I wanted you to learn this about yourself. This, this stalwart, not stalwart. I don't know if that's the right word, but this ability, you made a choice. You have this ability in you resilience resilience that's a good word resilience and it just it wasn't at all it wasn't a pride thing it was just this love like i want you to love that about yourself and i and i i did and i actually had a great pilates class in fact my pilates teacher's hilarious she played all music that had to do with the rain so every song talked about rain cuz it was pouring <laughs> i mean for san diego and it was pouring and, uh, and so it was really funny and she was fun. I, ha I felt so good and I made the connection that I wanted to make. And it was just interesting. I felt like there was a purpose even in those boys being noisy and waking me up. Like it's just how we choose to operate in affliction or in resistance. Does that make sense? 
Totally. Yeah. It reminds me of Nephi, the story. I think of all the scriptures in, you know, the Book of Mormon or the Bible where you see people who are operating and they, they have a different experience, right? So you have Nephi and his brothers who are experiencing major affliction. I mean, it's so interesting for those of us who have been raised in the church, like born and raised, you know, we all know the story of Nephi and his brothers and they go and get the gold plates and la la la, you know, but like when you really, the word context again is going to come up, when you really give them context of like what it really felt like to experience going back into your your childhood home with all of the things that you loved every single day and packing those things up. How did they really feel about it? I mean, the scripture just briefly says, you know, Laman and Lemuel were mad and Nephi and Sam were okay with it, but like, really? Like, were they really okay? Like, were they okay every second of the whole day? Were they okay? Or was there some part of them, you know, going back to what you had mentioned about Viktor Frankl, like, one thing you taught me about that story was how he noticed that there was love and hatred and generosity and, you know, fierceness and all these things, even in the guards, right? Even in the guards who were responsible for killing people and feeding them. And maybe talk a little bit more about that, you know, duality, the duality of man and woman. And then, you know, this experience you just had that day where half the time you're mad at these silly boys that are partying and then the other, you know, then the next moment you're like, oh, Heavenly Father, bless them so they don't get hurt. And you know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about, how can you feel that way about people in your life, even with the extreme case, like what Viktor Frankl is talking about? Yeah, it, that's, uh, well, you look at the channels, right? We've got two different channels, good and evil, to tap into. So the one of good, you can see all things through God's eyes. The other one being evil. But then, you know, the other context is that you're just navigating it. You're trying to figure it out. And you're trying to figure out how to channel charity all the time. And we don't channel it all the time. And that's okay. It's about trying to, it's striving to. It's striving to channel it. And so what's interesting, and so the story that you, you, know, you brought up about Viktor Frankl. And again, if you guys want his book, it's just amazing. But it's Man's Search for Meaning. But what he found is that not every, he said there's no pure race. Not everyone is decent and indecent is the word that he used. So decent meaning just operating out of like love and kindness and generosity, basically operating out of charity, right? And then indecent meaning evil or just being mean. And so he found that in there, so they had interesting dynamics um, in imprisonment in, in the camp. So some people were just, prisoners and just slaves to do whatever they needed. And then some of the Jewish prisoners actually had a little bit of favor. They had a little bit of responsibility to oversee like quote unquote, a leader to oversee the operations of those that were actually doing the physical labor. Um, so, so he saw with those that are in a little bit of authority of um, the Jewish prisoners, he said, he found that some of them really operated more so out of like love and compassion and didn't want to, you know, he just felt, felt a little bit bad. They were in a bit, a little bit more position to have a little bit more food. And then others kind of were like, 
oh, good, I don't, they operated out of like being rude to their um, prisoners, even though they were in the same boat, but they, they, that little bit of authority made them have pride um, and indecency is what he called it towards others. And then some of the guards that some of the time they're yelling at them and beating on them and even having to kill them. And then that some of the guards took pity and, comp and compassion at some points and would, would save some of their food and hand them some rations secret, secretly. And he said, he said, you just would see these amounts of levels of decency and indecency and, and some that were so awful that they would never show any mercy or, you know, decency. And, and then learning later on in life that they show decency in other ways. And so he just says, it's just this, it's all about learning how to channel that charity and how to come, come back to it and be, oh, be, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to say like, how do we consistently just turn back to charity, analyze, right? Learning at what you're going through. And I, I bet one day we will look back on our life and go, gosh, you remember when we were mortals? <laughs> and you remember when I used right. to be so bugged at this as a mortal? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But enjoy, like, be okay that you're bugged and annoyed at something like in a learning sense, like, oh, how interesting. Like, what can I learn from it? Yeah. I actually just wrote on a little sticky note and stuck it on my computer as you were talking. I wrote channel charity. That's a great phrase. It's a simple phrase, channel charity. So every morning I wake up or I sit at my computer, I'm, I'm about to do a mentor call or I'm about to speak to my spouse or my children or my neighbors or whatever it is. And just, what if you just said to yourself really quickly, channel charity? Like, it's almost like, what if, what if, and I don't know, okay, don't quote me on this. What if it is as easy as turning on a channel and saying channel charity? Like saying like channel Netflix or channel Hulu or channel Amazon Prime, channel charity. It's on. I'm doing it. It is that Gosh. easy. But yeah. it's, what happens is we're like the child. Remember, we've talked about the child not learning how to express themselves. And so they cry or you feel frustrated. And so then you're like, oh, I'm at, I'm at the law of my lid for learning. And so help me mm. learn. So then you go back to channel charity. It's not that it's bad to be frustrated. It's the fact that you're like, oh, I'm hitting a lid. Why can't I go past that? Like, can I get out of this mason jar? There's a lid on there. And so you got to learn okay, how do I unscrew it? It's not bad. It's just, if you channel charity, you learn. If you channel, you know, negative energy, which is evil and um, pride energy, right? If you channel fear-based energy and you operate out of that, that's when you're, you know, you're bouncing against walls. That's when you're not operating out of charity. You're not in channel, charity's channel, but then you just go, oh, I took on a fear-based channel. Wow, I, I was tuned into the wrong one. Let me switch right. the channel. Yeah. I want to change not. the channel. That's it. I love that. It's that easy, right? I mean, it is. I mean, that's when you look at the atonement. That's why I love the atonement. I'm like, oh my gosh, help me cleanse this. Like, please forgive me. And also um, just cleanse it. I get excited to cleanse things because I don't, now that I'm learning more about him, he's not sitting there judging like, mm-mm-mm. I didn't do that right. You said that rude. That's not what Heavenly Father's doing or the Savior. Right. They're having compassion and they're long suffering for us and just 
like, Hey, if, if you channel through me, I can teach you how to actually express better instead of just crying, instead of just being angry. I'll teach you. I'm, I'm happy to teach you. Yeah. That's so fantastic. I talked about in a previous episode about this answer that I received uh, from the Lord about quickly doing his will. Just quickly, like I already know what to do and how to react. I know how Jesus would react. So then if I want to be like him, like what, almost like this feeling of like, what are you waiting for? And so this is just like an ad upon that where now I'm saying to myself, what are you waiting for? Just change the channel. Channel charity. Like, I don't know what other channel I was on. I was channel anger before, or channel judgment, or channel whatever I'm channeling. Um, but channel charity, that's, that's my new favorite channel. <laughs> it's a good channel. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I, I will tell you, it is pretty simple. And I'll tell you, I've been analyzing, like, how do I turn the channel to that when I really don't feel like it? I'm like, how do I do that? And I have found three distinct ways that help me get in back into that channel. And one is repent. That's the key, right? Repent and just um, like recognize like, well, I'm sorry that I projected this at this person and, and, and thank you for letting them show up for me that way so that I could learn this, right? So the second part of that leads into that's gratitude. Gratitude for the, exper the experience. And if you don't have gratitude yet for the experience, which, you know, that has been sometimes where I'm like, why am I going to be grateful that they were rude to me or whatever, you know, I, I find gratitude in another way. And I'll like things that really bring me so much gratitude are like having a beautiful home to live in and in it by the beach. I just, I can't even, I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. And please protect this home. Um, my, my cat, my cats, they really do because I live alone. I'm single. I come home. Sometimes I come home and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm coming home alone. And I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to struggle. I open the door and two, two kitty cats come running to the door and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I feel so much gratitude for him blessing me with this unconditional love from a pet in a time that I needed it. So I, if I'm not ready to channel, not channel, but like have gratitude at that moment, I think of something I do already have gratitude for. And then the third is ask. So repent. Um, get into gratitude and ask, like, ask, please, can I be back in charity, the channel charity, the bond of charity, please, you know, but it's just asking. And those are the three ways that I have found that they do get me back quicker. I love that. I love having a step by step process. I think that's really helpful for our listeners uh, as well as for me. I want to go to just staying in that second point you were just talking about for a second, gratitude. This is a conversation you and I have had a lot. And that is, you, like, I've heard you do this and I've heard me do this as well, as well, where, you know, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what my problem is right now. Like, I am just not progressing. I'm not feeling like I'm really not getting that much done. I, I don't know why I'm not getting answers to prayers and I'm not getting, I'm not moving forward. And then, and then like the next breath, you're like, so what'd you do last weekend? Oh, I spoke on stage at the most powerful women in network marketing. And I went to my son's like school performance and my other kid, you know, this and that. And I, I went to the temple and I taught a lesson in relief society. And yeah, but I'm just, I'm just not doing that much. I don't know what my problem is. Like, and, and I'm not going to say yours, but, but you do it too, right? Like we're both just like, oh no, I do want to say yours. Cause you're like, 
I don't know. I'm just not doing that much. Well, yeah, I mean, I worked like 17 hours on my doctorate yesterday and then I went to Pilates and then I, you know, spoke and then I flew to Louisiana or New Orleans or then I went to Utah and then I went here and, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling, I'm not sure if I'm really like on track, you know? (laughs) Is it okay that we make fun of ourselves a little bit? Like just because all of you who are listening are doing the same thing. Every day you're like getting up and you're hustling your life and you're like checking off the boxes and you're making plans and you've got goals and dreams and you're keeping your covenants and you're doing your best and you're repenting and you know, some amazing things happen. Go, go back through your phone and look at what you took pictures of last month or two months ago and live through that excitement. Like if you have a hard time finding gratitude today, go back and remember, isn't it interesting how we are designed as humans to forget so quickly that gratitude? It's like that. It's like, there's a quote that says like, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? Right. It's like, I think there's a a song even like, what, yeah. What have you done for me lately? Janet Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. Those Janet Jackson songs come into my head when I need to learn spiritual truths. It's weird. What was the other one that came out? Free your mind. Isn't that Janet Jackson? One morning I was praying. I don't, I think it's like Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson. I don't know. One of them. I don't even listen to them. I'm not even a fan, but one morning I was praying and this is a, this is about a year ago. I was praying and I I was asking Heavenly Father, like, what should I do? I need to like really get a lot of clarity and and be in tune with the, and the song, I swear it's Janet Jackson. And she's like, free your mind. You know, I'm like, whoa. And it was so from the spirit because I would not have thought that. Like that was, that is not something I would have just instinctively thought of this song. And, and basically the spirit was telling me like, get off social media. You're so addicted to social media. Your mind is so entrenched, you know? Anyway. So yeah, I obviously have a theme of, of Janet coming in when, when she needs in to. Vogue. I just I'm cool. Is it in Vogue? <laughs> in Vogue. And I don't even know anything about them either, but I, know that I love that you just looked that up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the point is we all seem to be wired again, carnally, right? Not, not spiritually, but our carnal nature is to forget. And it is part of the process of finding that gratitude and remembering so that you can get back on that, cha- on that charity channel. Yeah. I totally had that experience. We, we, when I were both on the phone about this this week, we're like, feeling whatever. But so I, two things I wanted to kind of wrap up the podcast with, I guess is One is I was feeling that way and it's, I actually put on our podcast. I I usually listen to re-listen to them sometime during the week and I hadn't listened to the latest one. And so I put it on and I'm sitting there listening to it going, what? That's me. Like I, I was like talking about having faith and how my experience. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I needed to hear that again. Like I had forgotten, like yeah, I believe that. Of course I do. And I had just been in this like a little bit of a, you know, blah spiral. And it just uplifted me to hear, wow, that is me. And I do believe that. So two things on that was it's not because I'm all great. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with remembering or each of us remembering the greatness we already have and we experience in those moments. So journaling, 
journaling is a good way and looking back and listening to your journal or record like just your testimony or things you just, when you're feeling that like, wow, then you, then you record it, you write it, and then you go back and listen to it when you're not remembering that greatness in yourself. And it really helped me. The second thing is I was talking with um, my, you know, business mentors that um, some a group of women that are so amazing and that I mentor and, and a, an analogy came to my mind and I was like, it wasn't from me, obviously it was from the spirit, but it was like brilliant. And it was, we think of ourselves inside of a greenhouse. We have to, if you think of plants, they have to be protected in a greenhouse so they're not exposed to just the harsh environment. But then once they're in the greenhouse, what do they need? They still need to be nurtured. And that's our minds. That's our spirits. That's our belief system. So I was talking to them about their belief system. We have to protect that belief system and then we have to nourish it. So what are you, and I was asking them, what are you doing every day to put your belief system in a greenhouse? And then what are you doing when it's in that greenhouse to nourish it, to give it, you know, water? And so, because the point is, if we're just, well, I'm just going to use TV for an example, watching whatever that attacks our belief system starts to break it down a little, we're not protecting it. So what are we doing to protect that belief system? And then what do you do to nurture? So for me to protect my belief system, I'm very, um, and again, I do live alone and I do enjoy watching TV shows. So when I do, I'm very selective. It doesn't mean I'm I do perfect, but I'm very selective at watching things that make me feel uplifted. I watch a lot of Christian shows. I try, like I really strive so that I'm protecting in that greenhouse, just on going TV wise. If you really want to be protected, probably don't watch anything. But point being, the second thing is with nurturing is I make sure I listen to some type of either conference talk. Um, I love John Pontius' book, Journey to the Veil. I listen to something, our own podcast maybe, maybe other podcasts that really nourish, not just protect, but nourish me. Does that make sense? Like just having these patterns that help you protect and nourish. Well, and I think the word there that's really important is a pattern because it's it actually, I mean – Think about your week and what you spend your time doing. Uh, instinctively, I probably, you know, two, three years ago would not have instinctively turned on a conference talk or instinctively turned on a Christian message or instinctively, you know, I, I've always loved journaling. I, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with the journaling statement, but as I have learned to recognize where I am nourishing and where I am depleting, um, you have to remember that we live in a fallen world. So even though you are a great person, you're a wonderful person, of course you're doing what's right and everything's good, you are covered in this worldly telestial dust, right? And you have to shake it off. It actually has to physically come off. And that's why we take the sacrament every week. But I don't know about you, but I feel like I take the sacrament and then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, dang it, <laughs> I'm still covered in worldly dust. Like, so breaking up and shaking up that dust and intentionally nourishing and cleansing is a word that you've used a lot. That dust that, that tends to settle on, in, around our bodies. Um, 
is super, super important. I think actually, I mean, I, I would actually go so far as to say even the word of wisdom is given, you know, not just, oh, don't drink coffee, don't drink alcohol. It's actually a word of wisdom, a guidance. It's a guidebook for your body. It's you are this spirit housed in a body that you can choose to take really good care of or kind of good care of and the care that you choose to give your body even in the way you nourish your body feeds your cells and allows either more light and more flow and cellular vitality and energy to radiate through you and around you or you don't or you gunk it up and you get sluggish and slow and tired and you know blocked really when you think about us being these beautiful, energetic beings that are just full, capable of absorbing so much light and wisdom and truth. And then we gunk up our bodies with addictive crap, you know, and, you know, LDS or not, like, you know, sugar, flour, corn, all that stuff. It's like just as addictive. Yeah. Soda, energy drinks, all of it. And I am not perfect in any of that. Okay. However, I, it has definitely become a, a, an important truth that I am learning and applying in small ways, right? But I do believe that that is the direction we need to go, even with our health. I'm kind of like on this soapbox. All of a sudden, I'm like talking about health. But I do believe that we need to recognize these truths and then start to apply them in small ways or big ways, however you feel guided by the Spirit. Um, but applying these truths to nourish both your spirit and your body. Yeah. And it's a really good way you protecting your body and nourishing it with, so protect it by not putting those foods in and nourish it by putting in good foods. But even doing that, that greenhouse is what allows you to channel charity. That is how you get into that channel is when you feel good and doing those things that help you again, just go back and tune into the right channel that helps us, see all of the celestial things that we're going through. Not only just see, but, but process and analyze and overcome because we are going to feel things that are just part of being human. But feeling those things and then processing those things in a way that allows us to be more like Heavenly Father, which is through that pure love of Christ, that's what's really freeing is having that channel open so that you're like, Oh, okay. I can just look at it this way. And then I don't have to just live in fear or anger or whatever. I can just look at it this way. So it's not to say those things are bad. It's just that you're going to get, you're going to get played on by Satan with those human emotions as well. But why not look at God and charity on how to deal with human emotions? That's the whole purpose channeling and charity. So well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thanks for being on with us. And it was such a um, great discussion. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.